1: Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for joining us here at the DeMarini Demo House Podcast Nook. When it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game. Introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right and visit your nearest Demo House today. Locations and full details can be found at demarini.com backslash demo house. Aaron, another week in the DeMarini Demo House podcast nook for us. Emails at podcast at com, or you can send them to us on our Facebook page, Facebook backslash Baseball America. Aaron and I were both tweeting at college baseball games this weekend. Oh, I think my phone did not die. I missed the tweet. My Matt White tweet is just out in the ether somewhere. That was didn't, one of the best tweets of the weekend. Didn't appear to go anywhere, but we both tweeted a little Duke, uh, Virginia. You watched a little bit more of the games. You did not have a two-year-old in tow. It does but make uh, it easier. I did get to catch a little bit of both those games. We got to see a couple of uh, top ten teams. Our number one team, Virginia, still number one. Texas, our number two team, still number two. Arizona State, our number three team, still number three. All three various degrees of impressiveness this weekend here. And I guess the let's briefly touch on the, the Wahoos at number one. Uh, sweeping Duke at Duke, really no great shakes there. John Shire did not suit up for the Blue Devils, nor did uh, – uh, Kyle Singler or Nolan Smith, so Duke's firepower was low, but uh, Duke not as good as they were last year. Maryland, Virginia didn't have to outlast Marcus Stroman, an exciting freshman Duke has on the mound. Yeah, and uh, the biggest thing seems to be that Jared Parker has heated up a little bit, and Virginia, I guess, the separator. Not necessarily the, this is not why Virginia is ranked ahead of Texas, but Texas is pitching clearly best in the country. Virginia's edge would seem to be its offense, and with Jarrett Parker getting hot, their offense is even better than it was the first half of the year. I think you can make a strong case that
0: Virginia has the deepest, most versatile, maybe most dangerous offense in the country. And they're not the most powerful offense in the country, but clearly they've got power. And boy, was it on display on Saturday. Uh, Parker hit two home runs. One of them was just an absolute uh, mammoth shot. To right field. It, that was an inspiring building beyond the, the
1: bleachers out there. That was an awe inspiring home run. Although Matt Myers, former BA staffer, says that he uh, saw Craig Brazell hit that building. Wow. uh once in Triple in A. So about that? hat tip to Matty Myers. I can't believe I, I, I missed that home run. <laughs> anyway, bad Matt Myers impersonation and the physical part really doesn't translate over the podcast. Anyway. Steven
0: Procha also has Obviously big power Those are the two guys That really provide A lot of the thump In the middle of that lineup And he, and he had a, a nice day also Hit one off the monster Out there And another one over it And uh, onto that building Out there On the left field So yeah, I mean, Those two guys really Are strong, are, are strong. And, and, and you know if They're heating up That's a good sign For Virginia That's the thing Is I don't think Virginia You know they, They've been really consistent They've got They're 39-9 and 9 right now right. Right? in first place In the ACC They've won All but one series This year um, An inexplicable series Loss at, at NC State At Yeah This team hasn't actually, to me, peaked yet. I mean, they Jared Parker
1: wasn't wasn't Jared Parker for the first nine weeks of the season. Right. Um, they still haven't really 100% settled their Sunday starter. I mean, no, it's Cody so Winarski. I mean, is, is he, 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 he's, he, been, he's been pretty consistent. He's I've, been, he's been okay. pretty good. Okay. Um just seemed like they gave up a little bit. More. Again, their Sunday scores are a little sloppy. They They're have not, been at times, but you know, and, and lately, I mean, he's been he's
0: – been, he went eight-plus eight, eight plus innings last week, I think, only give up one run. I mean, he's been pretty good. Um, I think I think that's not a concern. I mean, I do think the bullpen depth maybe is an issue a little bit. Mm-hmm. They use a lot of Wilson and Enrico. those are clear the, their two guns back there. um but you know i I think this team is is pretty
1: complete I mean that, that, that great outing great outing on Saturday by Bullet Bob. yeah, complete oh, yeah.
0: game, Robert Morey. he was terrific, and you know Holson gave him a complete game the day before. so I mean, uh they're starting pitching also seems to be hitting its stride. so I mean, are they better than Texas? I don't know. I mean, at this point, it seems very clear that Virginia, Texas, and Arizona State are the three best teams in the country in some order. Yeah. And you can argue over what order they should be, but we had Virginia ahead, and so we're certainly not going to lower them after, <laughs> after this week. Uh, right. They also beat Coastal Carolina midweek, so I mean it's... Also impressive. Uh, Texas has been incredibly impressive. They won 21 in a row now? 20 in a row? 20 uh, in a row, I it's believe. It's uh, that's insane.
1: Fourth Amazing. team this year to have a 20-game win streak, which I got to tell you, I can't remember a year ever like that. But obviously, Arizona State, UConn's ended this week, Texas, UCLA. is the one team that hasn't kept it up, really, the other ones. But yeah. well, we'll see about UConn. They just ended. They went 2-2 two and two this week. Aaron, Texas just never gives up any runs. I mean, their ERA is like in the low twos. And it seems like it's a different hero. I don't know about hero, but it's a different guy every week who's impressive. One week it'll be Taylor Youngman. One week, it'll be a chance roughing out of the bullpen. Right now, Cole Green's the hot hand, and you can't get any hotter
0: than Cole Green has been. 30 and two-thirds scoreless innings before he gave up an unearned run in the ninth against Oklahoma. That would have been his third straight shutout.
1: Um, <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that's insane. But And uh, these are all weekend games. These are all conference series. This guy's not doing it. I mean, granted, the, the Big, Ten, Big 12 is not strong this year, but 30 and two-thirds scoreless on conference weekends is just uh, almost unheard of. I can't just the, the thought of Texas having a two point
0: one seven staff ERA against metal bats in college baseball is just it's just mind boggling. That's just mind boggling.
1: I think that's a good way to put it. You just you really would not even as much talent as we knew they had coming into the year, all the saw in Omaha last year, you knew all these guys were coming back with the exception of Austin Wood, uh, out of their bullpen. It really kind of figured. we knew Texas would be very good. Heck, we tried to put them on the cover of the college preview issue, we try to get a big cover photo, and it just didn't work out. You know, yeah. um, we knew they'd be that their pitching would be that good. Did you have any idea, Aaron? Even though we knew that they were better than the rest of the league by a lot, that they would be seven games up in the Big 12 at this point. I mean, we only had one Big 12 team in our preseason top 25, so I guess we had an inkling. Yeah, it could be this kind of a season where Texas could really run away and hide from the rest of the league. Still stark to see it in the actual standings. Yeah, they're
0: they're a runaway train. I mean, it's <laughs> that's you know they're 19 and two in the league. They just set the Big 12 record for consecutive wins, um, you know, 17 straight. Uh, it's uh, wow. I didn't realize that wasn't 17 straight, straight in the league. conference. It's it's uh, it's remarkable. I mean, there's what well, what can you say? I mean, they're 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 you know I don't think they're a great offensive team, but they're certainly a good enough offensive team. I and mean, they didn't score a lot of runs this weekend. But but Baylor actually has some arms. I mean, that's one thing Baylor does pretty well.
1: I thought Sean Tallison looked pretty good. Was, was that Saturday?
0: Saturday, yeah. I mean,
1: he wasn't pumping the upper 90s like he showed in high school. I mean, I know it wasn't, it's not pretty, his delivery and all those kind of things, but I thought he looked pretty good. You know, I was impressed with You know, Sean and they Talleson. brought in
0: Brooks Pinkard after that, and that's a guy with a, a premium arm. Uh, he pitched very well in relief for Baylor. I mean, uh,
1: t- Baylor, Texas, Baylor. Texas finds
0: ways to win low-scoring games when they need to, and they've had plenty of...
1: You know, blowouts also. Baylor loves to recruit guys with uh, funky names too. Greg Glime. How many Glimes are there out there? Please email me at John of <laughs> or Joey Haynesfurther, you know, of the Waco Haynes Furthers. I know he's not from Waco, but uh they're just some great names on that Baylor team and there as there have been over the years and I enjoy watching them for the Brooks Pink Cards and Joey Haynes Furthers of the world. Um real quick on the big twelve, how many bids is this League gonna get Aaron. It's
0: uh, tough. It's tough to you know what. It's tough to gauge because right now, it seems like there's only a couple of deserving teams, but uh, there's a uh, there's a vacuum out there. I, I, think I, you nailed, think
1: I think you nailed it on Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean they still have to get it done on the field, but they've gra- they've they've been fairly steady in league play. It seems like. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to pick after te- after Texas, I think Oklahoma and Texas Tech are the next best teams. I thought Baylor was on the move up. Not anymore. The last couple weekends they've really faltered. Um, I, is this a four bid league? I mean, does A and M?
0: A and think will get in. in. I think A and M's RPI is good enough. I think they're talented enough that they're going to finish pretty strong. They've got a couple of things to hang their hats on. I mean, they did win their series at Nebraska this weekend, which that is, was
1: a must win.
0: You got to win. win. And uh, frankly, they probably you know it would have been nice if they had swept that series, but they right. lost one nothing on Sunday. Um, And
1: you talked to a scout, I think, this weekend who was talking about A&M and just how good some of their arms look. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, Stilson and and Barrett Laux are just legit power arms, there's no question. And they've got, you know, it's it's a fairly deep step. I I like A&M okay. I mean, I don't think any team says Texas Net League is great, even Oklahoma. Right. Two
1: weekend series left for A&M in conference at OK State, home against Kansas State. To me, four and two in those two series, winning both those series would be pretty crucial because then you'd have a yeah. a 500 conference record. I think under 500, you're just leaving too much. You're just giving the, or- the the committee a reason to leave you out. But I think in the whole big scheme of things, there's such a vacuum of good teams. It.
0: It's hard to get to 64 teams. When I was doing the field last week, I think I, I think I ended up leaving six big I ball think teams. not because I liked six teams in the league, but because there was nobody else deserving to put in there. Right.
1: I mean, like even Kansas has a shot. At sure, they do. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. they,
0: that was a Again, not a good series loss for them uh, this weekend against Oklahoma State, which had been playing pretty poorly.
1: I believe scuffling is the word
0: there. Yeah, and, but that's two straight series losses for for the Jayhawks now. So, I mean, uh, I, I, do, I could see Kansas faltering down the stretch. I, I'm losing Brad Bochy, I mean, he was such a key part of their team in the first half. Um, that's a team that I liked a lot coming into the year that I, I don't know if they're going to keep it going. And, and Kansas State, I think, I could see, I mean, as I said last week, I think I could see them faltering as well. Right. The schedule just doesn't set up very favorably for them.
1: And again, I mean, in Kansas' defense, I mean, Kansas' issue is they've never been right. In the first half of the season, yeah. they were playing pretty well. They were without their number one offensive player and Thompson, yeah. their third yeah. baseman. I mean, Big 12 Triple Crown last year, correct? That's right. And then right when Thompson comes back, and he still wasn't clearly hitting on all cylinders, but Tony Thompson's out. Brett Bochy, their closer. He, Thompson comes back, Bochy gets hurt. So yeah. they're never going to be at full strength this year. And they, weren't they also missing now earlier this year, too, Ridenour, in their weekend hour. rotation, hour? Yep. So, uh, you know, Kansas having a good season despite the fact that it's never really been at full strength. Um, number three team, Arizona State. We're shifting a little bit of a Pac 10. I don't think any team made as big of a statement as Arizona State did this weekend here. Right. And they didn't just beat UCLA, they swept UCLA. On the road, the big showdown series in the conference, and it was—it really wasn't a showdown.
0: It was—it was, it was uh, more of a very lopsided, is what it was. I mean, um, Arizona State is the better team. That's—that's that's obvious. And and you know UCLA's arms are really good, but they're beatable. I mean, Oregon showed that. Arizona State has now shown that. Um, if you're patient and you know you don't you don't chase out of the zone, you can beat Cole and Bauer. And, and Rasmussen's had two bad starts in a row now.
1: I think the bigger issue for UCLA is they're just not as explosive offensively as no, they were earlier not. in the year. I mean, they're they're I think there's such a burden on their starting pitchers. And like you said, they can be weighted out. And even with UCLA's pitching depth, they do have an excellent bullpen, as they you do. talked about, this year. Um, it, to me, a college baseball team should be in any game that it gives up five runs. Yep. You know, When you give up five or six runs in college baseball, that should still be a winnable game.
0: And, and sure, Arizona State has the top five pitching staff also. I mean, you know, that's that's certainly you have to give Arizona State credit. They're they're really good on the mound, Um, but they're also better they're just better in the lineup than UCLA. They're they're um they're more versatile, they're more athletic. Um, you know, they've got guys like again, I mean it's it's not the Ike Davis's and Brett Wells, we've talked about this in the past. It's not All the right. physical home run hitting offense that it used to be. Um, but, you know, Zach McPhee's having just a phenomenal year. He's only, been, not he's only gotten up. better since we, we called him mid-season player of the year. He has
1: not let up. Um, he's making a case for full-season college player of the year, which is crazy. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Uh,
0: but, uh, you know, I mean, he he you know he and, and Drew Maggi at the top just caused so much trouble for opposing teams, and Zach Wilson's had a really nice year. And all the way down the lineup, it's just so deep, and they've got so many options on the bench that they can plug in there, and, you know, I mean, I think Tim Esme has just done a masterful job of of keeping everybody happy and moving guys around, and everybody's getting playing time, and uh, they've got a lot of a lot of dangerous players in that team, and he's found a way to, to uh, I think maximize the talent on that roster.
1: Yeah, we don't decide these things in early May, but college coach of the year be pretty hard to choose him, anybody other than him Tim him and, Esme. And yeah, I think mean, yeah, what George Horton has done in Oregon is impressive. Oregon third in the league right now, coming off another series win this weekend. They move up in the rankings to number what are they 15? I mean that's just that's hard to believe. But on the other side of the state, yeah, Oregon State, the O-State ball is free fall, free fall. Swept by Cal this weekend. They've lost nine out of ten. Uh, Oregon State, is it fair to put the nail in their coffin? Are they done as far as regionals go, Aaron? They're four Boy, and 11 yeah. in the league and 21 and 17 overall. You know, and, and
0: I don't I don't think their schedule gets any easier. I mean, the, you're in the Pac-10. There's not a lot of gimmies, but they've got Oregon coming up this weekend. Uh, the home series against Washington, obviously, I think they have to, they probably at this point have to sweep, that, sweep series. that Then they're at Arizona State and home against Arizona. I mean, it's it's hard to see them making up much ground against that schedule.
1: Yeah, three of their last four series are at home. But, boy, go on the road to Arizona State. It's hard to see them winning that series. And basically, you have, you, you probably have to win all four series and, to get. And you know what? You just and The Pac-10 doesn't have a great history of under 500 teams yeah. getting
0: in the tournament. And you know what? They're They're a bad offensive team. They're not just. They're not just mediocre. They're bad. They're one of the worst offensive teams in in a major conference in college baseball. They're like they Oregon was last they're year. Like you pointed it out. Yep. You pointed
1: it out in the weekend preview that they're you know in the two hundreds offensively in yeah. terms of like scoring runs, which is you know important. <laughs> you can pitch all you want, and they've pitched well this year. They're in, for the, the, most they're in part.
0: the the low two hundreds too. I mean they're like two seventy fifth or something like that in runs. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're really really bad offensively. Um, there's no other way to put it. And and
1: uh, and their pitching staff is is not good enough to overcome that. Somehow still 43rd, according to Boys World, and RPI. So I guess that means they're in the mix, but not for me. <laughs> and when you do that, I do think people have enjoyed the stock report, the way you've been doing the uh, yeah. top 64-team field kind of update. And uh, we'll see if they even get a mention in this, uh, this week's stock report at BaseballAmerica.com. We've really only talked about the top three in the poll, Aaron. Uh, let's talk about some other movers and shakers in the rankings. How about Cal State Fullerton being back in the top ten? After a disastrous start, we had a couple teams this year in our preseason top 10 that had poor starts. Rice pulled itself out of it. They're at 25 still in the rankings. They were off for uh, uh, exams this week. But has more than pulled itself out of it. They've pulled themselves out of it, and they've just gone back onto what they usually yeah. do, which is dominating the Big West. And it seems like their pitching depth is really what's pulled them out of this because Dylan Floro pitched great on Friday. Their That's freshman, right. uh, Northern California guy, actually kind of a different recruit. For Fullerton, they usually can stay in the O.C. They don't always just stay there, but they don't necessarily always recruit outside of that Southern California area where kids just grow up wanting to be a Titan. And sometimes they've been burned when they've recruited outside of the O.C. See, David Cooper Right. came to Fullerton and then transferred back out of the Cal. But Dylan Floro comes in from, I believe, it's a County, where I believe as a junior... I should have looked this up before the show, but I'm pretty sure he was Brett Mooneyham's number two starter oh. when he was – I think they were high school teammates, Brett Mooneyham at, uh, at Stanford. But Floro um, you know, pitched great on this on the weekend, and they didn't sweep Pacific. But Fullerton, what's been the key in your mind for Fullerton getting back up from that poor opening start of the year?
0: I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week on the show. I think part of it is just the lineup is – uh, is more dangerous now. It's deeper. And, you know, Christian Colon hitting his stride after a few weeks into the season, I mean, that made a big difference, I think. I mean, when he was struggling, I think the whole team was struggling. And The whole uh, world struggles with you. Partly, I think part of the reason he struggled is because the team was struggling, and part of the reason the team struggled is because he was struggling. That's right. You know, it was one of those things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's just been terrific. And Their and
1: pitching seems to have really... It has gotten Gaunt better. Rankin, is, Rankin Gaunt is Gaunt has yeah. generally been better. I mean, he wasn't great this week. He's um, still not a fr- he's not a Friday guy anymore. Let's no, just abused ourselves of not bad notions, right? Yeah.
0: Um. You know, and uh, I don't know what happened on Sunday. I mean, how they gave up so many runs—that's just a little a little bizarre. It sounds like Pacific just had the bats going that day. But uh, you know, but their Fullerton is. I mean, I think going down to San Diego and and winning that game midweek was big against a really a red hot San Diego team and. Uh, they had to come from behind and win it on a, on a grand slam in the ninth inning. Um, you know, I, I think the Titans are, are the best team in California. And, and U- UCLA, a I think, is returning to earth. I think UCLA has played above its its heads in the first few weeks of the season. You know, you're 22-0. and 0, It's hard to sustain that. I think right. even John Savage knew that his offense, you know, was improved, but not necessarily gangbusters like it was early in the year. I mean, like I, say
1: Arizona State, like Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona you know, State's got a, that kind of offense.
0: And you know, and I, I think really Arizona State is the best team in the West, and Cal State Fullerton for me is number two.
1: I like I like the way you put that. and I think there is no doubt at this point that Fullerton is the better team. Uh, they're pitching. That's going to keep them in any game, including a team against a team like UCLA. Yeah. And really, UCLA doesn't have the kind of offense that Fullerton has, and it's taken Fullerton a little time. They had some seniors to replace. It's taking them a little time to, to figure out who the other complementary guys were going to be around Brown and Cologne. They figured that out. Some of their teams that moved up, keep moving up the rankings, Aaron. And a couple that, uh, we've talked about the teams that have done well. Let's talk about some of the ones that have struggled. LSU, the biggest struggling team yeah. in the country right now as far as a big-name team, they're number 24 in the rankings right now for the Tigers, which is hard to believe for defending national champions. But Aaron, they really haven't played well. It seems like in about a month, and they've uh, you know they've lost seven yeah. straight. They've been swept two weekends in a row. I believe they've
0: lost three out of four series. Too. That's correct. That is correct as
1: well. And uh, frankly, the best thing on their resume is that early SEC series against Arkansas, which they won two out of three. And that home as but well. But I think some pretty big red flags with this team. They're not scoring a ton of runs, and Anthony Renato, something's wrong.
0: Yeah, that to me is the biggest issue. I mean, they're you know last year on the mound. They had Renato and Coleman, and that made it very easy to win at least two out of three every weekend right there. Yeah, um, pretty much. And and this year, you know, Renato's not Renato, and they don't have a Coleman. They don't have another guy on that staff who's a reliable number two. They've they they've tried Chris Matulas, the lefty. Who's you know, okay. tried Joey Bourgeois. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, I mean, this week they, they even tried Matty Ott in the weekend rotation, which to me is the ultimate sign of desperation for Palmineri. You've got the best closer in the country, maybe. And, yeah. And, and. You can't get to him if you can't get leads. That's it. You know, and, and it didn't work out. He got hammered. He gave up nine runs. Um, I don't know what's going on over there, but, I, but I, you know.
1: He also tried one kind of like he did last year. It wasn't as radical, but he put some guys in the lineup. I forget the name of the left fielder who started on Saturday. It was like his fifth game of the year, you know. They did a couple lineup deals, and like you said with Matty Ott, where you could see he was looking for a spark. Still, see, he's searching on his roster for a change that will get the team's momentum changed. And right now, it seems like that's just going to have to come from Anthony Renato or from one of those starters we talked about, whether it's Matulis yeah. or I mean, someone's going to have to be better than they've been to this point.
0: That's the most important thing for LSU. They need their pitching. That's that's a great way to put it, John. I mean, they need Ronaldo to be better. First of all, this team is not a national championship contender if Anthony Ronaldo doesn't return to that's form. Correct. They, that's correct. That's that's,
1: a, just, that's the bottom line. Yep. And they're and are they going to be a regional host? Well, not until they turn some things around. I mean, they're basically, basically it's very simple. Uh, last year they were able to bring in some talent out there, but they're already trying that this year to try to reshape the roster. Right now, the big thing is uh, play better. Best players get to play better. You can't yep. necessarily put this yep. on Blake Dean or Micah Gibbs. Those two guys have been pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, Especially Gibbs, right? But I mean, like uh, the rest of the team. Hey, you know Tyler Hanover. That's not acceptable. You know we were counting on you. You can't do what you're doing and keep your. You know, I don't know what their other options are. They are. You know, they're, they're in a spot right now, and that's why they're doing these kind of desperate things, like you talked about. Because they know they're not playing well. And Paul Menard was our coach of the year last year for a reason, not just because they won the national title. Because he knows how to press those buttons. Yeah. So I think we expect him to be able to press the buttons to reverse them. But the biggest buttons are going to just be Anthony Ronaldo pitching better. That's the thing. There may not be yep. buttons. Yep. And left the guys behind him
0: too. And you know, but but the thing that for LSU that I think works in their favor is I think the remaining schedule, as we were talking about off air, uh, the remaining schedule sets up pretty well. I mean, they, they, it's not particularly daunting. I believe two of their last three series are at home. I think they've got Kentucky and Mississippi State left. And, and that's one, correct. And Vanderbilt at home.
1: Right. Uh, which is That's the toughest series they to have left is yes. either at home to Vanderbilt, which really got a tough break this weekend with the rains and the flooding. Yeah. And, I mean, no offense to Georgia Bulldogs fans, but when you lose a game to weather against Georgia, that's a that's a tough break for you. Georgia's
0: just miserable this year, and, and I'm sure Georgia fans won't be offended by us saying that. I mean, they I mean, they, they I just, know Georgia's miserable. That's a win.
1: That's a win. <laughs> v- Vanderbilt has to feel like I like, lost two wins. Yeah to mother nature, but LSU, home to Vanderbilt, at Kentucky, home to Mississippi State. That's what's left for them, and Mississippi State uh one up this weekend to Ole Miss, which is suddenly the other hot team in the SEC, and Aaron, we haven't necessarily on the podcast talked too long about South Carolina. I don't want to go too long. We're already a little bit long on the Baseball America podcast, but South Carolina, talk about consistency. Yeah. And These other teams, We when we talked on the Top 25 meeting, we debated how where to move San Diego, which has only lost once on the weekend. We debated some of the other series movers, you know, like a, a Virginia Tech, which has been so good on weekends in ACC. It gets a very tough schedule w- in terms of conference resume. Virginia Tech's resume is really stronger than Miami's. It's really stronger than Georgia Tech's. Yeah. They're ahead of Georgia Tech this weekend, and are in, uh, this weekend the rankings, not necessarily ahead of Miami, but when you're talking about just resumes, I mean, uh, South Carolina not losing an SEC series yet. No one else can come close to saying that in the league, right? Or is, well, Florida not lost one. Florida's lost one. Everyone else has lost more than one, I believe, in that league. It's it's impressive right, that yeah. South Carolina has been that consistent. And I guess that's what you get when you have a team that's kind of built a little bit more around pitching and defense. Their yeah. athleticism is what seems to be really standing out. They're just very strong up the middle. I forget the shortstop's name, who can't hit, but is an outstanding defender. And I've been told that all three of their outfielders, really the four guys they play in the outfield, are all yeah. six six or better runners. So they just balls if you don't you don't scald the ball. If it has any hang time, it does not fall in their outfielding in South Carolina. They really sounds like an, a defensive efficiency team, I like what the Red Sox right. thought they had.
0: You know, and, and Ray Tanner's teams almost always are strong defensively, even when they had all those mashers like the Phil Dishers and the uh, James Darnells and the Smokes. I mean, um, Darnell and Smoke were good in the corners. I mean, yeah, you're right. Havens was okay shortstop, his, his last year especially. Um, he got a lot better after his freshman year. Right, no doubt. Um, you know, Ray Tanner teams play defense, and this team does. And, and you know what else? Um, they, they broke out the bats this weekend. I mean, they've been a pitching and defense team most of this year. That's been the key to their success. Um, but they scored 20 runs when they needed to on Sunday in an offensive game. You know, uh, when, when Alabama scored 15, it's one of those days, I think, where the ball was flying out of the park.
1: Uh, oh, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was hot all over the southeast that's this weekend. Right. If you didn't have the big-time rain like they had in Nashville, it was hot, and it was also humid, and that's like summer. Heating up weather. They yeah. had one of those SEC weekend, uh, end of the weekend games. And, you know,
0: they and they scored nine runs on, on Friday, too. So I think uh, South Carolina, I, I've been waiting for the offense to, to kind of show this side of it. Because I, I do think that there's some firepower in there. And, and uh, um, that just gives them another dimension. I mean, I think they're a really dangerous team.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those Sunday games that I would hate to go to, yeah. to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, we went to a little bit of a cleaner game. I do, I do give them kudos for, in that heat, 8,000 people. Out South Carolina. That's where yeah. they built that ballpark. It's it's, a, they, they
0: set an attendance record this weekend for three games.
1: It's a show place of a ballpark, and uh, they're going to host a regional. And they, they're positioning themselves to host a super regional if they win that regional, and that would be a fun one to go to. Yep. i uh, got to be honest with you, uh, it's within driving distance. Uh, we're wrapping up the Baseball America podcast with John and Aaron. Aaron, uh, it's more of a stock report, I guess, issue than, than anything else. I want to touch on the Big East real quick. Uh, we've got Louisville in our top ten. They're at number nine. UConn lost its win streak this week. It's still only split two games with Pitt. Is that league still shaping up as a three-bid league? Is there a chance for more? Uh, I don't think so.
0: I think it's. I think it's – uh, a safely a two-bit league, and still probably at this point I think it's a three-bit league because, again, of the vacuum we talked about. But I think Rutgers has fallen back, and they
1: got hammered yeah. by Louisville in a sweep this weekend. They're 21-20, which is yeah. surprising to see. All after of a sudden, they just they've start? just
0: fallen apart. I mean, they were swept the last two weeks by UConn. And, what about and South Louisville? Florida,
1: that uh, plucky yeah, I mean. bunch?
0: <laughs> no. Uh no <laughs> no I mean it, it's 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 UConn it Louisville no. and Pitt I mean Saint John's is, is the one dark horse team actually I will say that that Saint John's is, is I think a pretty decent veteran club the problem is the RPI they're 83rd I mean that 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 it just sinks them I mean unless they unless they win the conference tournament maybe I, I suppose if Saint John's or somebody like that wins the conference tournament maybe this is a good get four i mean
1: cuz there's such a there, there's so many leagues i mean the big west is a two bid league it looks like with Irvine as yeah. the second i mean maybe I mean, Lo- long
0: beach was probably the third team in the big west and they've been maddeningly inconsistent and lost a series to a miserable cal poly team this weekend i mean that was cal shocking cal poly john is 12 and 27
1: i know i couldn't believe that i saw that in my inbox this weekend i could not believe that of all weekends cal poly decided this is the weekend they're going to rise up and i caught
0: some flack from long beach fans last week because i didn't have Long Beach in the discussion for regionals regionals but guess what i mean <laughs> there you know you, you you can't lose to Cal Poly if you I believe a the term
1: is wear it. Yeah, wear it is right. I believe that's the uh, the operative phrase here. Um Conference USA still a one bid league. I mean, East Carolina won a weekend series against Marshall but could not finish off a sweep. Memphis and Marshall are tied for second in this league. Who, yeah, this is this is a How about
0: Tulane just just
1: <laughs> they get the gas face. This is two straight for, a, for early I mean, '90s reference of the day.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's a good way to put it. I mean, they they got swept by Southern Miss this weekend. They lost the series to Memphis last week. Two lanes, done. I mean, Has Southern there.
1: Miss got a chance? Eight and seven in the league. Twenty-five and seventeen. Their
0: RPI isn't great either. I mean, they're they're uh, what are they? Seventy-six. Uh, no, that's that's
1: nope. uh, Southern California. Southern Mississippi is uh, well. My my search uh, was not quick enough here. Southern Mississippi is 66. 66. Okay. I, I mean, suppose not, Southern Miss has not a shop. But they're not at not
0: large territory, and I, I don't understand. I mean, I don't see how they're gonna how they're gonna t- improve their RPI. Where's the opportunity to to make headway? Yeah, when
1: you're playing in the league, and yeah, the league is bad. They do have Matt Rice
0: and, and East Carolina. I suppose if they win both those series, maybe they, they're in the discussion.
1: To me, they have to win their last three series. Or like, you got yeah. the, well, uh, say those nine last games, they go six and three in the league. That would probably help your RPI more than it would hurt it. Uh, Mississippi State twice, at least you're an SEC team you're playing. Maybe that won't kill their RPI. i have to plug them into the needs report, here and see what that does for Southern Miss. Yeah. Uh, but the Con- Conference USA, the Big West, are going to provide fewer teams than usual. I still think it's there for the SEC to send nine, even though there might not be nine yeah, to the ninth
0: Now, it certainly isn't Kentucky anymore. I mean, maybe – I guess the only team that's in the discussion as a ninth team in that league is Tennessee now, which is actually – won uh, a series against Kentucky. I mean, all of a sudden, Tennessee would be the ninth team. And I, I don't think right now they're a regional team either.
1: But uh, I think they are the ninth team, though, because Alabama's the apart. eighth team, and Alabama's not any great shakes. They've got Florida coming up. Tennessee at Georgia next weekend. Again, chance to make some, hey, got to win that series if you're Tennessee. Yeah. And honestly, that would quiet. We don't talk too much about this on the show, but we hear all these coaching rumors and, I'm tired of hearing the Tennessee one, to be honest with you. The coach, Todd Raleigh, has only been there for three years. Correct me if I'm wrong. Three yeah. years, right? I'm a little tired of hearing Todd Raleigh rumors. The guy's been there three years. You know, kind of give the guy a chance. He inherited a, a mess. He did inherit a mess. I mean, Rod Delmonico had done a good job there, but that program was kind of in win-now mode for a, a long time there. And uh, boy, just I, I would love for Tennessee to, to continue this rally toward the end of the year because they do have talent. And just to quiet some of that, mess. I I, I get, honestly, it's not like I know Todd Raleigh too well. I just get a little tired. A coach has been there for three years. I would rather not hear (laughs) rumors about his impending demise when the guy's been there for three seasons. It doesn't seem like that's... There are coaches right now without
0: jobs who are already openly lobbying for Todd Raleigh's job, and he still has a job right
1: now. It's, uh, what's the word? uh, Not classless because it's a little too strong. It's just uncouth. That's what I was looking for. It's a little uncouth. To be talking about things that way, and uh, that's why I brought it up. I, it, we, we hear it constantly, and it's uh, it's a little frustrating. I, I think the other team I wanted to bring in, I wanted to mention also, Aaron was. You, you We've know, we talked about the Sun Belt a lot on the podcast. I'm, for some reason, fascinated by the by the, by the Sun Belt. Florida Atlantic yeah. sweeps Arkansas State this weekend. Uh, yeah, Florida Atlantic seems like they brought and you wrote about them in a weekend preview a couple weeks ago. There, was a, was uh, there
0: strikes last week.
1: Oh, it was just last week. Uh, but here's a team that's gotten kind of hot. I guess what I wonder about is, uh, are there any teams? Well, my real bigger, big picture question is, are there any teams outside these the usual suspects who've got a chance to host a regional and break through, or go you know, teams that aren't usual suspects? You know, like, could a UConn could they host? Oregon we know can host at that ballpark, and we know they have the money. They're Oregon. They're gonna they're gonna spend yeah, the money. Oregon to me seems like a team money.
0: That's, that's surging and remarkably. If they can keep this up. I think they are probably in position to host.
1: I mean, someone else has got to host on the West. You figure Arizona State's going to host. UCLA. You you figure UCLA. Well, Fullerton, UCLA probably, but they never have hosted that I can think of. I mean, I know Jackie Robinson ballpark can. I don't know if UCLA ever has. I'd have to look that up. I can't think of it in my memory where UCLA has ever hosted. That's one of the reasons why they've probably only gone to Omaha twice. Yeah, um, I have.
0: I have searched, uh, looked into that though, and they are prepared to
1: host. Right, it. I do know. That I do know they're prepared. If they keep on this free fall though, I mean, Oregon. Right now more
0: they're they are in the conference standings. It makes it a little tricky. That's.
1: I would I mean. say Oregon's more likely to host. Really. I, I would. I think that the money is not going to be a question, and the the newness of getting an, or a regional team to Oregon, that resume is pretty strong. Um, I guess I'm wondering, like, does a team like Cal, I mean, UConn have a chance to host? Uh, is San Diego going to try to host at San Diego State like they have in the past? I, uh, I don't think you'll see that. I don't see that either. It didn't think that went well the time before. No. Uh, who's maybe a, an off-the-board potential host? I don't think Ford Atlantic is. Is there a team that's an off-the-board host? I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. Right I now. mean,
0: you know, you mentioned UConn. I actually heard some people this weekend talking, I think half-jokingly, about going up to stores for the Connecticut Regional. But, you know, I mean – they're in the mix. They've got the RPI, I think. I mean, uh, I, I don't think they're going to host, but uh, it's it's possible. I mean, I I don't know about their facilities or if they could host at a minor league ballpark or something. Um, Good question. I'll be honest. I've never, until this weekend, really debated, <laughs> I really looked into whether UConn has the facilities to host a regional because, let's face it, they've never been <laughs> in the discussion. or even uh, Yeah, no, it. I think
1: you're right. I don't know if they have the ballpark there. I think they are close enough that they want to do a minor league one. Yeah. I'm pretty There's sure a lot that, of minor
0: league parks in Connecticut.
1: Uh, there they are, and I'm pretty sure Norwich is the closest one to Storrs, if I know my nutmeg state geography. Be. I believe it's Norwich. Which New Britain, is, maybe? Uh, are they closer to Hartford or are they closer to the eastern part of the state? I thought Storrs was tucked away in the northeast part of the nutmeg it state. Is. It's a tiny state. It doesn't really matter where it You're is. You're right. You're like <laughs> 30 minutes from anywhere <laughs> yeah. in, in Connecticut, basically. I would love to see some of these teams fly into Hartford and then take the train, something like that, there or you go. Uh, that doesn't. Really, or take go fly to New York and then take the train to the Storrs Regional. Uh, that would be awesome. I'm pretty sure actually UConn hosted like in the late 80s or early 90s. I think this is because I'm pretty sure North Carolina played a regional there back is in the right? day. That right? Wow. Pretty sure it did and did not fare well in a regional up there and when I was in college. That's the Baseball America podcast. Uh, I'm John. He's Aaron. How about We'd here's one more, John? Please. How about Virginia Tech?
0: I mean, I, again, I don't know about the facilities there. But aren't they? Their resume lights. host
1: worthy? The resume is host worthy. It has got lights in the last few years, yeah. uh, so I think they actually could host that way. Because like Cal, does, to my recollection, does not have, they lights, have lights, can't host. Um, I would have a hard time seeing the committee having a team both because Blacksburg is not that far you're from right. Virginia. Number one, but number two, if you're flying teams in, it's hard to fly to Blacksburg. Oh yeah, travel cost wise. I mean, unless Virginia Tech is a slam dunk, they've got like, they finish up let's say they finish in the top three, four in the A C C and then they win the conference tournament, which is certainly plausible. Don't I think they have to host. And they certainly have the money. They they were to tech, they had the football money, they could they could put the bid in. I have a hard time seeing them as a host because I don't know what their facilities like. I don't think it's great. And their fan interest has not been tremendous yeah, this year. Right. It's in contrast to a new team like Oregon where the fans really have jumped on yeah, that they bandwagon. They did
0: 3,700, I think, this weekend at Oregon. And for the West,
1: clubs. that's just tremendous. Huge for the to West. Be with you. Yeah. That's a big time. So I could see uh, Virginia Tech. I see UConn more, to be honest with you. I think the committee likes to put – You're right. And let's be honest with you. Uh, ESPN doesn't pick the teams, but ESPN, if they're going to do a regional, they would love to do it in their backyard. Heck they right. would play up the UConn regional. To the hilt, and UConn's a good brand name, and there are a lot of eyeballs in the Northeast that I think would be entered. That that would be good TV to have a uh, a regional up there. That's not what should decide it, but I do think that uh, I do think that UConn is on the cusp of being worthy. I think it would not be a bad thing to have t- new blood like a UConn, like an Oregon. I think we know that Texas, Virginia, some of these are going to be regional hosts, and I think South Carolina is going to be a very lucrative yeah. regional host. Yep. There, there are some locks
0: out there for sure.
1: I think there are. Let's take some uh, conference, uh, some questions real quick before we wrap up the podcast off our Facebook page. The Portland Baseball Softball Facebook page wants to know, big West Coast Conference Series in Portland coming up this week. Any chance of the WCC being a multi-bid league this year?
0: Not unless, not unless uh, San Diego doesn't win the automatic bid because Portland's had a great year, but their RPI is not even close to being at-large
1: worthy. Uh, they haven't played a good non-conference schedule. I mean, In fact, they, play a, they played a bad non-conference yeah. schedule, which Seattle, is understandable. Utah, I mean. it's, un- it's understandable considering their their, uh, their geography. They've got USD this weekend at home, and they still have to go to San Francisco and to Gonzaga. So even if they win this conference series against San Diego, they're one game back, and they could put themselves in position to win the league regular season. And as you pointed out last week, no more conference tournament there. Right. And they still have to go win two series on the road to keep up with the Toreros. It just seems like it's... Not likely. It's possible, but not likely. That San Diego is the league. most
0: talented team in that league,
1: and I think San Diego is going to win that league, and I think it's going to be a one-bid league. I agree with you. Portland is number 80 in the RPI, not exactly advantageous yeah, for they, they, I mean, it's, it's, at a large they're bid. a great
0: story, but they don't have any chance in that large bid.
1: We've also got a question, uh, really, the, the, the question from Chris Delano, who we've touched on on the Facebook page. basically want to know about Texas being number two versus Virginia. Um You know, I think that – basically he said that Texas being number two is not enough credit for Texas. I think both of us kind of think that's kind of ridiculous, Aaron, to be honest with you. I think we've talked about there's really a dime's worth of difference between teams one, two, and three this year. I think Arizona State, with five losses all season, has as much acclaim on being number one as Texas. They've both had 20-game win streaks. Uh, I guess – I mean to to me I mean is there any difference between those two three those top 3 teams right now if you were, I guess a better question might be if you were ranking them in in terms of who you think is the best team the better best good better best uh win play show however you want to put it which the what's the best team out of Virginia Texas Arizona State right I would now? probably
0: go Texas Virginia ASU but it's close and I could see seriously if you if you ever the the opposite way I I would be fine with that I mean I think that they're all very close.
1: Um, I, I really don't know how to make a determination there, because Texas' offense still leaves me wanting. I mean, Baylor can the, pitch pretty well, but they yeah. scored 10 runs all
0: weekend. And they scored more, they've scored scored more than that in most of their conference series. They have. They and, have. And, and they've been fairly explosive just, lately, actually. Their
1: pitching is just – it might be the best hitting staff
0: ever in college baseball, John.
1: Ooh, now that's saying something. By the end of
0: the year, I mean, if if they
1: keep I this still, up, they, 2.17. The, the bar, <laughs> I understand that the, – on uh, the ERA, the bar is rice. The bar is RISO-3. Oh, three. Three. Yeah. Let's face it, the you're bar right. is Rice oh 3 I know that they only produced two big leaguers in Jeff Neiman and David Arzma, but Arzma was your closer, and your top three picks all went. So that's four first-round picks on that staff. Three weekend starters, Umber, Neiman, Townsend. Well, they weren't even just the only three weekend starters. It was two weekend starters and the midweek guy, basically. And, I think Texas and then Arzma out of the bullpen. I think Texas
0: has two first-round picks with Youngman and, and Workman. I do yes. think Workman will be a first-round pick. I think pick. you're right. And And I think Cole Green is... Not quite a first-round pick. He's Philip UMBER-esque. That's what he yeah, is. Yeah, that's, that's a it's a good call. And, and Chance Ruffin is just as dominant, or more dominant than David Arzmann. What, Chan, what he's Chance What Ruffin has done?
1: Chance Ruffin's been better performance-wise. He might not than he than he than might David 99 was. like David Arzmann, but, right.
0: but, but but as far as performance and dominance at the college level, it's hard to beat what Chance Ruffin's done.
1: That's true. All that said, Jeff Neem is the best pitcher out of all those guys. He went 17-0 as a sophomore in 2003. You can't do better than that. That's right. actually the best record. And I think his second most wins ever It's the – really, you could basically – it's one of the best seasons in college baseball history, but, but which I even did in 2003. But the fact that we And they won a championship. Let's put that right. out there, too.
0: If Texas doesn't win a championship, then – Right. But, but the fact that we're having this debate and yeah. it's a lively debate shows that's why Texas, to me, is number one. I think
1: it's a debate to be had. And I think that you could make a very strong case that if Texas wins a national championship, that that will be the best pitching staff of all time in college baseball. And that is – Awesome. We have to appreciate that what we're what we're seeing yeah. out of Texas. For all we're talking about uh, splitting hairs, this has been a long podcast. We need to wrap it up. But they are not just in the discussion; they're on the very very short list. Um, so I, I think I agree with you. And, I think if I had to pick a team right now, I think I'd pick Texas.
0: And that said, if Texas and Virginia play a three game series. I have no idea
1: who would win that series. It would be extremely compelling because Virginia's got
0: very good pitching also, and they've got
1: a much better offense. And Arizona State is right there with Virginia in terms of offense and defensively. You kind of have to like what they do at Arizona State. They're so athletic and yeah. versatile, here. And so is Virginia, though. I mean, right. those those, those oh, two yeah. teams are,
0: are, are comparable athletically. Uh, and defensively, I, I do think Virginia has more firepower in the lineup than Arizona State. And, and I like Virginia's front line pitching actually more than Arizona State's.
1: And the, the gap between those three teams and the rest of the country to me is pretty serious. I agree with you. I it, think it, it's pretty it's serious. serious. All right, great podcast. A little long, but uh, great podcast. And a good uh, last question from Chris, even though he doesn't agree with us. Uh, thanks for the feedback at uh, the Facebook page. And we want to remind you we're coming to you from the DeMarini Demo House podcast nook because when it comes to buying a baseball bat, Marini just changed the game introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from Marini before you buy because there's no substitute for hitting real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right and visit your nearest Demo House today. Locations and full details can be found at DMarini.com backslash Demo House. Aaron Fitt's chat can be found at BaseballAmerica.com this afternoon. And, of course, the college blog is always open. So, for Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. So long, everybody.
0: After the end of a good fight,